Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good people. Ah, yeah, you know what it is. Hard worker, scrappy, unfiltered, and sometimes unhinged football content. Hard to explain, but you know it when you see it. Doing it daily, our way. I don't know what you're talking about right now. Redraft and Dynasty Fantasy Football, we got you covered. You know their defense is ranked like 31st in the NFL? NFL draft prospects and rookies? Now you know you in the right place for that. Absolutely. All right, then stop saying it. Then we're done. And prop bets with my man Jay Rich. Count that money, man. Now wipe the crust out of your eyes. Get you a cup of coffee. It's time to wake your ass up with Ray G. You honestly are making absolutely no sense and you sound silly as hell. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. Good people, we are back. Wake up with Ray G. Uh, yeah, baby, we've been gone for how many days, Jay? How many days have we been gone? I'm excited. I'm excited as hell. It's been 10 days, and I was telling you, I had to legitimately check all my cables, check my whole setup. We're about to start the show. I'm like, Ray, where are your headphones? You're like, damn, and you start running around. It's been a minute, but we're back. It's been a minute. I'm happy to be back. Good morning, man. I'm happy to see you, man. People are in the building. Uh, Yeah, it's been a couple of days. Uh, Senior Bowl, I hadn't realized it had been 10 days uh, since we had done the show, and I missed it, man. I know you missed it, too. I saw you tweeting out that um, you didn't know what to do with yourself. You were bored. (laughs) Literally. Not being able to talk to the good people. But um, thank y'all for tapping in Uh, this morning. We got a lot to get through. NFL news, we've been gone for 10 days, so we got to touch on a lot of the coaching hires. But, yo, before we get started, Jay, before we get started, I love shouting out good people doing good work, man, like – Unsca, you didn't know we were doing this in the show, but one of the patrons, patreon.com forward slash prospect talk. I make make sure y'all go support the show and the creators that we have over there. But one of our patrons, Matthew Greathouse. So he does like 3D printings and he did this um this Black Panther 3D uh T'Challa. Oh, for me, yeah, right? I remember that. So he did this. So I come back from the senior bowl. And I had to be Dallas Cowboyed out today. And look what he sends me, man. So I get this box, right? I get this Nike box. And I'm okay. like, hey, okay. send me some shoes, right? Check this out. Check these custom, custom GQ Dallas Damn. Cowboy Air Force Ones that my man no sent way. me. Uh, yeah, With bro. the DD logo and everything. With is the that DD, DD logo. Prime time. 21. Hold on. Yeah, the Ooh. 21. Damn. Those the are GQ dope. logo. And then he sent it in multiple colors for your boy, too. What? Yeah, man. Yeah. Oh, so damn. Gotta, Those are so. Yeah, I, I'll never wear these, but they're definitely <laughs> going to be prominently displayed 
in the crib and all the cowboy fans that nah, just good people doing good work so i gotta i gotta give i gotta give matthew a shout out right so let's throw his ig up there he's got a lot of dope stuff right and like this is not a paid sponsorship or anything but i just like shouting out good people and dope work uh here goes his ig right here uh, U-A-T-U-T-H-E Watcher 616 You can see some of the dope stuff that he has on here I think those are my shoes right there He's got a video of it And then one more for you uh, superhero lovers out there Check this <laughs> one out man Look at that The Iron Man, That's Hulk, uh, Wolverine, uh, Captain America, Cyclops, Deadpool, Thanos So he's got a lot of dope stuff So go over to his IG Maybe y'all could buy uh, buy one of them joints from them. But uh, just had to do that real quick. But, Jay, we got a lot of news to get to. So I'm going to turn it over to you. Uh, and let's get into uh, the morning run, baby. Wake up. This is the morning run. Run, Force, run. All right. It's supposed to be Jay, not me. Go ahead, baby. So the biggest piece of news, unfortunately, from yesterday was Alvin Kamara getting arrested. Uh, this happened kind of later on in the day. After the Pro Bowl, even though the incident occurred last night, uh, we're going to see what happens with this. You know, it was a battery charge. He was arrested, ultimately got on bail for $5,000. But it's a developing story. We don't know the extent of what happened. We don't know who it was. We just know the person had to go to the hospital and ultimately why Alvin Kamara had to be arrested yesterday. Um, but yeah, crazy to think that he did it Saturday night and then still played in the Pro Bowl and then was arrested after the fact. Feels like something the NFL just didn't want to surface until after the game was played. But Alvin Kamara, you know, we'll see what happens with him. Uh, the bigger news, though, really, Ray, I'm not sure if there's one particular you want to touch on, is the head coaching hires that happened over the week that we were away. Denver hired Nathaniel Hackett. The Giants hired Brian Dable. The Bears hired Colts D.C. Oh, man, so many things. Josh McDaniels to your Raiders is probably the one that I'm most surprised by because there wasn't a whole lot of buzz, at least from my opinion, as to what was happening with McDaniels. You know, we, we know that he was in Denver, wasn't very successful, and right. then he goes back to the Patriots. They say maybe he's going to be the incumbent court or the incumbent coach there after Belichick leaves, but then kind of out of nowhere, they hire the assistant GM for the Patriots, and he brings in McDaniels to go coach there. I don't know how I feel about it. Doug Peterson in Jacksonville. Mike McDaniel from San Francisco, the OC there, was hired to coach the Dolphins yesterday. That one I'm very intrigued by. You know, well, I'm not sure if you knew this actually, but he's been coached, he's been coaching with Shanahan's for his entire life. His career actually started in 2013 with Mike Shanahan, and then he's been on Kyle Shanahan's coaching staff ever since. So I think we know the kind of scheme that he's gonna put together. He was the run game coordinator for the past two seasons up until this year when he was promoted to OC. Now the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. And then we'll see what happens with Houston. Um, Houston's talking about hiring Lovey Smith. They interviewed him. Apparently, Brian Flores, and we know all of his issues with the NFL right now, is still in the mix. And the Saints are just taking their sweet time hiring their next head coach. So lots of moves, and it's kind of hard to, to assess all of them. I think probably the two that everyone's going to be talking about the most are... Uh, Brian Dable being hired, and then Mike McDaniels because they're offensive minds, right? And then Minnesota is ultimately going to hire the Rams OC um, after the Super Bowl. We know they have to wait for that, Kevin O'Connell. So that's going to happen. And uh, we'll see what happens with him. He's been Sean McVay's OC, but he, again, not a play caller. You know, a little bit weary of those guys, Nathaniel Hackett and uh, Kevin O'Connell, OCs who don't 
actually call the plays, so how successful they're going to be calling their own plays. We're going to see what happens with that. But is there any particular one that you want to touch on? Um, that was kind of just an overview of what's happened and any of these guys that you're mostly interested in. I think Mike McDaniel's probably the most interesting from a resume standpoint and how he chooses to build around Tua in Miami. Yeah, I think there were a lot of uh, uh there were I, I love the Brian Dayball hiring uh for the yeah. Giants. I think that was a fantastic hire and I think if you're going to get anything out of Daniel Jones, we saw the transformation that took place with with Josh Allen in Buffalo. Love the hiring and I think that's good for all of those Giants offensive players that sort of like just failed us completely uh this past season, uh Kenny Galladay, Kadarius Tony, Saquon Barkley, dare I say, Evan Ingram to a certain yeah. degree. Um, but I think this is good. I, I, I do think this is the type of coach uh, that can get the most out of the talent that he has. And then luckily for Giants fans, they have multiple first-round picks inside the top 10, I believe. They got two top 10 Five picks. and seven. Five and seven. Uh, will they keep those and make the selections? Even if they do, they're in a great spot to get some high-end talent. Offense, uh, offensive line, defensive line, depends on what they want to do. I don't think they're going to take a quarterback with one of those picks. I do think they're going to try. It It was interesting hearing John Mara say that we've done everything possible to screw up Daniel Jones, so let's try to yeah. get him st some stability before we make a decision. And I do think this is going to be the year they figure out what they have in Daniel Jones. And – I, I would not I would not take a quarterback inside the top 10 with well I wouldn't take a quarterback at five or seven I'll say that so I do think Daniel Jones is safe from that standpoint um love that hiring I'll be honest with you I don't know enough about Mike McDaniel or McDaniels whatever is Mike McDaniel and honestly I don't think a lot of people do outside of the the funny press clippings I don't think he calls yeah. the plays in San Francisco no he doesn't um I don't know, man. Sure. You know, if 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 you're banking on him absorbing that information that he's learned through the Shanahan's, but I think anybody saying that, oh, it's uh, everyone saying that it's a slam dunk hire. I I don't maybe. I just what has he done? I I don't I honestly just don't know his resume. So I can't speak to that. The guy that you're talking about, uh, Matt Eberflus is who you're talking about yes, uh, with the it. Chicago Bears. Interesting hiring for me, uh, depend, considering the fact that Eberflus, special teams coordinator with Dallas, defensive coordinator, you got a young quarterback. So I'll be interested to see who they hire as their offensive coordinator. Uh, to it was work uh, with Luke Getze. It was Luke Getze. Okay. So he was the tight end. I believe he's the tight ends coach in Green Bay. So remember we talked about how, sorry, passing game coordinator in Green Bay. Okay. Because we talked about how he was potentially going to be hired to be Nathaniel Hackett's OC, but Nathaniel Hackett hired the tight ends coach instead of Luke Getze. Luke Getze ultimately got poached anyways, um, and now is the OC for the Bears, which again, not the best hire in my opinion, but we'll see what he can do going from passing game coordinator to, in Green Bay to now the OC for the Chicago Bears. So, so Joe said Mike McDaniels is the primary architect for the San Francisco running game, and then she said they ran a zone running scheme. We talked about this. We talked about the running backs in this class that run that zone scheme. I believe Brees Hall and Isaiah Spiller fit that mold. Yeah. Kenneth Walker did not run that in college. So I'll say if Miami takes one of Spiller or Brees Hall, lock them in. And um, I'm yeah. finishing up. I've got five running backs left, my PFG grades, prospect film grades, don't I don't look at any combine numbers, no analytics, just grading the players on the field. I've got five running backs left. Brees Hall and Isaiah Spiller graded out as my top two running backs. Both of them are the only two running backs to score 74 and above 
out of the entire uh, 2022 rookie class. Uh, those are the top two guys, in my opinion. I think they're the top two clear one-two running backs in this class. So if either of those guys land in that offense, if he is the arc, you know, the 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 the, the mastermind behind that run game. Yeah. I think both of those running backs are going to be really – either one of those running backs would be really successful. Uh, they, they just need to find somebody other than Miles Gaskin and, and all those other guys. As far as Alvin Kamara, I, I don't know. Some people said it happened Saturday night, and then it happened the day of the game. I don't know when it happened. Um, and people are saying, oh, it's Vegas. It's Ve it's not Vegas. I grew up in Vegas, lived there. It's goddamn individuals. He's an adult. What the hell are you doing beating up folks? I, I, I don't know. Let's wait for all the, the details to come out. Um, is anything going to come of it? Maybe a two-game suspension. Maybe, yeah. Four, then he appeals, and then it's two. But the NFL got a lot of other things to be worrying about right now instead of uh, Alvin Kamara putting hands on somebody. As long as it, long as it wasn't, you know, it seems like it was just man-on-man -man violence there. So yeah. um, if that's the case, I think he might get two games. Uh, you know, we, we still got to wait to see what the Texans do. You didn't talk about Jacksonville. Or did you – I don't think you said Doug Peterson. I just touched on it a little bit. Yeah, um, Doug Peterson how, to Jacksonville. Like, I think that's good, yeah. man. I think that's good for T-Law. Um I don't know what it's going to mean for the running backs because Doug Peterson loves his running back by committee. We'll see. I'm still very much in on Travis Etienne this year. We'll see how all of that plays out. And then, like you said in the notes, the Saints are interviewing any and everybody. The Texans, considering hiring Lovey Smith, I, I don't get it. I, I, yeah. I don't get that one at all. Um, Brian Flores would probably be the better coaching candidate, is the better coaching yep. candidate in my opinion. But will a team actually invest in him given what's going on right now with his uh, lawsuit against the NFL? Uh, I don't know. I just I hope it's not Josh McCown, and I really hope it's not Lovey Smith. Uh, we'll see how it plays out, but a lot of news. And, man, so the NFL Combine is literally, I think, like three weeks away. Then we've got free agency. The NFL draft is going to be here before we know it, Very Jay. Soon. It's, gonna, it's right around the corner. And everybody wants to know, you know, Senior Bowl, what happened down there? What what are the true takeaways from the Senior Bowl? Let me just start. If you haven't checked out the vlog, we did put out a little vlog that I made uh, just interacting with some of the players, being at the practices, some people that were there. It was a really cool experience, man. Um, you know, the I, I highly encourage if you're just a fan and you, and you can make it down there, uh, go to Mobile. And at least for one of the practices, I mean, you can just walk in the stadium uh, the players are right there. You could talk to them, uh, get pictures. Like it's the, the the big thing for me, Jay, was the interaction with the coaches, scouts, uh, GMs were there. Like everybody was there. And a lot of players, a lot of coaches, team officials and personnel, they weren't in like team issued uniforms like Mike Tomlin was just in all black I was sitting next to Barry Alvarez uh you know one of the great college coaches of all time athletic director right now I mean, these, these guys are just everywhere right and a lot of the patrons were asking me like Ray were you nervous talking to anybody to any of the players I'm like hell no like they're just they're just they're just fucking players I mean I'm just talking to them right like the only time I got nervous the entire trip uh, was when Dan Marino was right next to me. I was legit nervous. Dan Marino, I look over and I see this big dude and it looked like David Hasselhoff. And I'm like, and he had a mask on and I'm looking and then I, there's some Dolphins personnel around him. And I leaned over to the FTN crew. I was like, yo, that's, that's Dan Marino right there. And then Debro and Brett and I go, oh, that is Dan. <laughs> but they weren't going to say anything. So I'm sitting there and I'm yeah. like, 
you can't not see Dan Marino and then not go say hey to Dan Marino. So I go over there and I call him Mr. Marino at first. I was like, I don't want to interrupt <laughs> Mr. Marino. And he's like, I'm not doing anything. You can interrupt all you want. Call me Dan. So I'm just, oh, what's up, Dan? I just, you know, now I'm talking to him like I know him forever, right? But um, the, the, the big thing is the access to individuals if you're not afraid to speak up i mean we would go yeah. uh there was this first of all no offense to anybody that lives in alabama or mobile a city i have zero interest ever living in whatsoever um not my speed whatsoever mobile alabama no thank you but you go to these like uh these bars at night and all the coaches are right there dan campbell mark brunel deuce staley the whole lions coaching staff in this one bar every night. So if you've got the courage enough to go talk to them, they give you a bit of an insight as to sort of their process, what they're thinking about players. And I think for me, the big takeaway was talking to those individuals about these players. So everybody's sitting at home. And let me just say, I could care less about the game. Like it's an all-star football game. It was God awful. If you watch the Senior Bowl, it was honestly probably a waste of three hours of your life. It was not good. The football was not good. And there was nothing that happened in the game that we didn't already know going into the game because you saw it throughout the practices. The practices is where the true like evaluation takes place. Like Malik Willis scrambling around in the game. That's I mean, we knew he was fast at practice. Yeah. Ritter, I think Ritter probably had the best day of all the quarterbacks. And that's sort of... Ritter, right? Terrible in practice, shows up in the games, makes some good throws. Mm-hmm. Um, so where, where, do, where do I start from the takeaways? Um, I guess the, 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 the biggest thing is keep in mind, all these dudes are at the Senior Bowl for a reason, right? They weren't early declares. Um, they had to stay four, five, some of them six years in college before they got their opportunity. So let's just start with that. They're at the Senior Bowl for a reason, to try to distinguish themselves amongst some of the underclassmen. And one scout told me, flat out, if any of the underclassmen were there, Traylon, Garrett Wilson, David Bell, um, Brees Hall, Isaiah Spiller, they'd be like, one of them was like, oh, they'd they'd make these guys look like JV players. Like, that's that's how good you are when you're an underclassman declaree, right? You're that good. That you don't need that. You don't need to stay four years. You don't need to stay five years. Three years of football and I'm out. And some of them only played for two damn years. And they're like, I'm good enough. I'm out of here. So let's let's just keep that context in mind. I guess the second thing, we're, we're the quarterbacks, right? And I showed that yeah. on the vlog. All those guys were there. Um, the, the one that just stood out to me seeing them in person was Malik Willis. I mean, he was big. He's not very tall. But when he walked up to it, I mean, he's like that wide, dude. Like, he's, his yeah. calves were massive. Like, I'm just looking at him, and I was like, this dude is built. Looks like just a tank. And then he puts the shoulder pads on, and he grows even more. Um, you know, Carson Strong, not as tall as we thought. I think he's listed, was he like 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, something like that. Um, not as I thought he would be a lot bigger than what he was. Kenny Pickett, I know there was a lot of talk about his hand size. He was put together yeah. really well. Like, he was... I mean, he's 220-something, right? He was thick, right? 217, Kenny Pickett. He was put together well. Uh, Ritter, tall and, and kind of lean, wasn't very – and I mean, I'm not saying – I'm not seeing these guys from across. I'm standing right next to him fucking talking to him, right? So, like, the, the perspective is right there. Uh, Malik Willis just – he looked the part. He looked the part. Yeah. 
Uh, Brian Robinson, when he came out of the, like, and we're like, you know, we're talking to him. Like, he looked the part. You look at Brian Robinson and you're like, oh, that dude, that dude looks like a player, right? Uh, he, <laughs> he can play. Jalen Tolbert, I mean, he's coming out. His jersey is rolled up to here and all you see is Man. abs. Just, just another. That dude another, is ripped. What's Another. crazy is, to interrupt you briefly, if people who didn't watch the vlog, you know, you, Ray, you sent me tons of footage, receivers, tight ends, and in the video, the tight ends actually came out first, and then Jalen Tolbert came out. I was like, Jalen Tolbert looks bigger than every tight end that just walked out the door. <laughs> yeah. Like, he, and I had to go look up his measurables because I'm like, he looks like he's six foot three and 215 pounds, and he's only 6'1, 195, and I couldn't believe it, but the dude is yoked. Like, yeah. oh my God, he, yeah. if he can find a way on an NFL team, I think that he could play because dude is he just was good. straight rip. He was good, man. I think he was one of the top three receivers in Mobile, and I think that's pretty much consensus uh, from everybody yeah. there. It was a great tight end group. I mean, you've got all the top tight ends were there. Um, everybody outside of Jalen Weidemeyer, again, yeah. an underclass declaree, so you know he's good, right? Uh, Trey McBride just looks like a baller. Uh his neck and so just a, a wide, <laughs> a wide, like I just wouldn't want to tap. I'm looking at him like, man, I wouldn't want to hit him coming downhill full speed. Um, and then the defense, man, like, and, and that's what kind of showed up on the game on Saturday. The defensive lines absolutely dominated the offensive line. It's hard, man. Like they, they're literally practicing for like two full days and then they go out there and try to play a game. So again, most of the takeaways were, practice base now yeah let's just start with Malik Willis let's start with Malik Willis coming in I had you know I I, I, I I'm still not 100% sold that he's going to be a great NFL quarterback I'm not but one of the things that I learned more than anything and this was talking to Mark Brunel and talking to other scouts that were there the difference between like the fantasy community and I think the NFL community, and it really resonated with me, is we're looking at everything a player did, right? We're looking at like nobody. I I, I brought up Dominator rating one time for some weird reason, and the guy looked at me like, what are you talking about? Like nobody was talking about Dominator rating. Nobody was talking about production three years removed out of high school. All the NFL people were like, if I get this guy, I can mold this, right? You got to think. Yeah. These are these are content experts in their field, right? So w what does that mean? In, in your day-to-day -day job, like maybe there's a task that a, an employee can't get done, and you're like, you know what? I can do that. If, if, if I were assigned this job or this project, I can do it better than he can, or I could do it better than she could. These guys think the same way. So they're looking at these players, right? They're looking at a Desmond Ritter. They're looking at a Malik Willis. They're looking at a Damian Pierce who didn't have a lot of carries in college. And they're like, yeah. if I get him and I can coach him up and fit my scheme and run my scheme, the talent that this player possesses, I can hone and mold that to become whatever it is I want it to be. Now, whether that's right or wrong, they believe that shit, man. And Brunel said, he said, there was a quarterback that he was coaching. He did not say a name. But if that quarterback were drafted by Detroit, he'd make him a pro bowler. He had Sam Howell, Malik Willis, really? and ba Bailey Zappi. Those are the three quarterbacks he had. Howell, Willis, and Zappi. And he was like, man, we got a guy on our team right now. If we have him, I can make him a pro bowler. So with that in mind, it's 
like it had me thinking about what I look at and scouting for like projecting for if this player hits, what could they become? And when you look at the physical tools of Malik, like there was no question, man. I thought Carson Strong had this cannon of an arm. There's no doubt the strongest arm and there's data to back it up. Malik Willis could throw off his back foot and probably launch at 60. I mean, it, it is impressive. When he took off running in practice and when you're on the field and you see how they're moving like game speed, like on against other – he is he probably one of the fastest people there outside of like uh, Calvin Austin and some other – it just looks. I think different. he was faster than Calvin Austin because I was looking at the GPS data and he was at – he hit 20.7 miles per hour. And on the interview on the sidelines, they asked him what he could hit and he said he could probably hit 21 and maybe could hit 22. And Ricardo, that's a good point. Is this what – somebody thought – if they could get Josh Rosen, that's sure. why he was drafted in the first round, right? Like if I get Josh and I put him in my system, I'll, and whether that's right or wrong, that's what they believe. And what do I always say in fantasy? You're looking for players who have an opportunity to get an opportunity to score fantasy points. There's no doubt in my mind, leaving Mobile, that the top three quarterbacks in this draft class, and I, and I will put money on it with anybody that wants to bet, in some order, are going to be Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett, and Matt Corral. Those are going to be the three quarterbacks that come off the board first. I'm not convinced Sam Howell is going to be a first-round pick. I don't believe Carson Strong is going to be a first-round pick, and I don't think Desmond Ritter is going to be a first-round pick. I would bet the mortgage that those three, Willis, Pickett, and Corral, are going to be first-round picks. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean they're going to hit? Does that mean they're going to fire? Does that mean they're going to be locked and loaded, QB1s, top 12? No. But what it does ensure is they're going to have an opportunity to become that, right? And yeah. the, the skill set that Willis possesses, I'm just going to say it right now. Is he my QB1? No, he's not. He's not my quarterback one. I still, even though Matt Corral runs nothing but RPOs, and that's a little concerning, Matt Corral is still my top candidate. He's still my top dog. I think that he does enough from the pocket, and he also possesses that dual threat capability. And there was another scout who said Matt Corral is better than everybody here. Like, that's the guy I want. I want the guy that played yeah. in the SEC, that did it for two years, that has that rushing upside. Now, rumor is he played at 190-something. That ain't going to cut it, Ooh. but... Hopefully he can get his weight up. We'll see. The combine is literally three weeks away. We'll see how Matt Corral checks in. I, I don't know if he's healthy enough to do anything, but I'm sure he'll weigh in and get measured and all of that stuff. Um, but, but Willis is going to be a first-rounder. He's going to be a first-round pick. He does have, I believe there's some data that he's the best rushing quarterback to enter the NFL in the last, like, 20 years. So you've got oh, that really? on your side. Yeah, uh, his – EPA rushing some shit, oh. some acronym that data people that no NFL teams talked about. There was some chart that came out and his rushing bar was higher than everybody else's. I still think there's a lot of stuff that needs to be cleaned up with him. And I said it after Mobile. I still think he's the type of player that you'd want to take the Trey Lance approach where he just doesn't play or plays very little in year one. And he just learns and he grows and he gets acclimated. The worst kept secret in Mobile is that the Pittsburgh Steelers love him. Mike Tomlin yeah. was there's like this bathroom that was in the court. He's over there by the bathroom with Willis and his family, like secret meeting. Uh, with the, and you didn't even know it was Mike Tomlin because he had no Steelers stuff on, and you didn't know yeah. it was Malik Will. But you know somebody was like, "That's Mike Tomlin." Took pictures, but there's no doubt. Like if 
If he fires, he's going to be a top 10 quarterback, no doubt. If he fires, and uh, I, I don't think it's all doom and gloom for 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 that for that player, uh, for this quarterback class. I think Kenny Pickett, QB2, safe floor. The two guys, yeah. in my opinion, that have the most upside, Malik Willis and Matt Corral, those are the two that, in my opinion, when you're talking about scoring fantasy points, the skill set they bring to the table – it's those two guys. Um, any, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not even looking at comments, but anything that you saw, because I know you watched the game and you were all heavily invested in the game, and I really didn't care. Like I honestly <laughs> did not care about what they did in the game because we, everyone knew what was going to happen. That's that's how all star football games work. Like defensive line, all they got to do is rush the linemen, and they're going to get pressure. Quarterbacks, they can't motion. There isn't any like there's certain limit. Like it's very vanilla. Like, you can't do yeah. anything. Like, you can't do anything besides drop back, play action, and hand the ball off. That's all you can do. Uh, you can't do these exotic sets. And it's just, I, I didn't care, man. I saw everything that I needed to see in practice and talking to these people that I, I got all the information I needed coming out of practice, man. Yeah, and I think w your greater point here, uh, not just about the quarterbacks so much, but that Matt Corral really is the QB2 right now. Like, even though he wasn't there, that seemed to be a benefit. And, and and everything everything that you've said and everything that we've talked about, you know, in the coming days, kind of leading up to this show, has really told me that, you know, it really probably is just Malik Willis and Matt Corral. And while I still like Kenny Pickett, he's probably going to end up just below those guys in a tier kind of by himself. But Carson Strong, Sam Howell, I don't know, man. Like you see Sam Howell just missing guys like by not a little bit, like by yards in practice. And he's just, I, you can't tell if it's chemistry. You can't tell if it's whatever. But then when he gets in the game, you're like, you know, he's doing some good things. And then he fumbles and he just throws an errant pass. And it's just, it's the inconsistencies of these lower tier guys. That's ultimately going to be their undoing. And you talked about it with Ritter. Ritter, you said all practice. He was inconsistent, wasn't making good throws, but in the game, he played great. He probably looked the as the best quarterback of anybody out there outside of maybe Pickett because Pickett went nine for nine and, and he had a good drive and everything. But we'll see. I, I think that the combine will tell us a lot. You know, as far as the offensive line, they are god awful. Like the amount of pre snap penalties we saw in that game, just because the defensive line was after them all game long. But like you said, it was it was a terrible game. The booth is calling plays down to the sideline at the end of the game. It was just, it was an all-star so game. Here, and it was, okay, so, uh, okay, so. I'm, I'm reading the comments, man, and like, and this is why it's so, if you already have your mindset that you don't want yeah. a player, then there's nothing that I'm going to say that's going to, and I'm not trying to change your, do what you want to do. I really don't give a shit. Like, you want to draft them, draft them, right? I'm just, all I am is delivering the information and the messages of the people who do the job, right? That's all I'm doing. And we can go through the list of quarterbacks that were, that had accuracy concerns coming out or the list of the quarterbacks that were very accurate in college. Mac Jones was as accurate as any quarterback in the history of the game and none of y'all wanted him. I don't want him. Yeah. I, he doesn't run. I don't care how accurate he is. He doesn't have a big arm. He's accurate. He doesn't run. You don't want him. Then you get the guy that can run that's not very accurate, but then he's not accurate enough. So you, it, it's, it's an ever-ending cycle of confirmation bias. And what yeah. I'm trying to do, I have been the biggest – how many times did I said I'm out on Malik? I'm out on oh, Malik. 
It I'm wasn't out. until you saw him, right? Well, it wasn't it, until you no, looked it him wasn't, in the eye. It wasn't until I talked to people who actually do the damn job. And they're like, yeah. and what I walked away with is it doesn't matter what you think or I think. If you believe that and you want to fade a player, then fine. If you don't like Isaiah Spiller because of whatever reason and you don't want to draft him, fine. But when said player ends up hitting or said player ends up having the opera, all you can ask for, none of us, nobody can project and predict what's going to happen in the future. None of us. Like, we don't know for 100% certainty. If the, There were people who thought JT was a bust the first week, first couple of weeks of his rookie season. There were legitimately people saying, I knew it, Jonathan Taylor's not that good. Uh, he's, not, he's not getting the carries. And then all of a sudden, he's the best damn running back in football, right? There were people who thought De- uh, Derrick Henry was a one-hit wonder, and DeMarco Murray was yeah. there, and then he turns up being King Henry. So all I'm saying is, it doesn't matter what we... If you don't want them, then fine. But I'm telling you what's going to happen. These guys are going to get drafted early. And will it work out? We don't know. But all you can do is look for that opportunity in order to make an informed decision. And if you want a full fade, full fade. Full fucking fade. But these guys are going to get drafted. They're going to get drafted early. And a team is going to say, I can work around this. The first two years of Josh Allen's career, going into 2020, people were legitimately asking, do you even offer this guy his fifth-year extension? Do you even give him the fifth-year option? And then he goes out there and new offensive coordinator, skill position, growth, maturation, which happens in life. He becomes Dynasty QB1. Lamar Jackson won a damn MVP, and now he ain't accurate enough. I don't want like it's just a never-ending cycle of ups and downs. When the reality is, even the great quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes, he lost Kansas City the goddamn AFC title game because he's running around. The mechanics aren't always on point, and he gets yep. away with a lot of stuff because he's got Tyreek Hill and he's got a crazy arm. But when, when you're looking at his footwork and what he does consistently from play to play. There's nobody that can tell me from play to play his mechanics are just Tom Brady spot on, right? I'm looking at the attributes, and if I'm going to take a player that early, then I'm going to take the guy that if the stars align and things hit, this guy could be a top five player. This guy could be a top ten player. Josh Rosen was never going to be that. Kyler Murray, for as much as we love him, He's got, he ain't no he's got some accuracy issues as well and we've talked about that but you overlook that because he's got the big arm he's got the rushing upside when you're just talking about QBs that just stand in the pocket and just deal there's only a handful of those guys there's yeah. only a handful of guys uh Herbert Mahomes Burrow hell even Dak Prescott I was talking to this with one of the patrons the other night when Dak decided I ain't going to run anymore He's still top 12. He's still top 10, but it ain't the same Dak that we had when he was giving you yep. those three, 400 yards on the ground. Russell Wilson, same way. Stopped his rushing. Still a great quarterback, but you're just looking for the skill sets of these players, and if they hit, what do you have? Like, you're not getting a finished product here. We know that. So I, I guess for me, that's where my frustration and sort of just like, you, you can't argue it. If you're already, if your mind is made up, then whatever you know what I mean but let's go to the running backs like let's move the running back position uh I want very few of them Rashad White oh yeah Damian Pierce 
Um, Jerome Ford was all right, not as impressive in person. I think the best two running backs in Mobile, Damian Pierce and uh, Rashad White, hands down. Top two running backs. Pierce is somebody that I will be targeting in the third round. He's just built for the NFL. Pass pro, speed, he's 5'9", 220. You talk about just a block of a human, he was a block of a human being. And, uh, you know, great in pass pro, hands are good. I know he didn't get a lot of work at Florida, but when you're looking in the third and fourth rounds of your rookie drafts for that Elijah Mitchell-type sleeper that if given the opportunity, again, if given the opportunity, does said player have the skill set to perform? Damian Pierce, 100%. I think he walked away from Mobile, RB1, RB2 from that senior group uh, right there with Rashad White. Rashad White, as advertised, big, smooth, can catch the ball, explosive, and he loves to hurdle. I thought Rashad White was fantastic. Again, the receivers, the top three guys, Jalen Tolbert, Calvin Austin, and uh, Christian Watson. Now, I, I think Calvin Austin was the best but he's 5'7", 170, man. Like, I just... Yeah. It, for fantasy, I'm just done with that archetype. I just can't invest in the undersized slot receiver that, you know, is not going to play... I don't want to compare him to Rondell because I think he's more receiver than Rondell, even yeah. though Rondell is freak athlete. But 5'7", 173 is just tiny, man. And he was put together. Yeah. But he's just little, man. The guy that... I walked in very iffy on and walked away. And we're going to talk about this uh, on Thursday. I promise you, and we've got a bet. We'll tell the people what the bet is on Thursday. Christian Christian Watson out of North Dakota State is going to be a top 64 pick. He's going to go within the top 64 picks. So he's going to be either a late first or he's going to be picked in the second round. He is all of 6'4", 211 pounds. He's put together. Very fast. And too. and very fast. And in one-on-ones, I don't think he lost a single one-on-one rep in the game. You saw him catching one of Kenny Pickett's underthrown balls. Yeah. I get it. He's good. Right? Because the analytics, he's 24. He was recruited in 2017. He played at a small school. But every year, the Senior Bowl has these risers. And I really thought it would be Jahan Dotson. Jahan Dotson didn't participate. Um, some cons- there's some rumblings that he ain't really 5'11", 180, that he's much smaller than that, and he'd rather control the narrative, which he can do that yeah. at the combine. Christian Watson looked like the alpha of the receivers, him and Jalen Tolbert, and Watson, mm-hmm. in my opinion, was better than Jalen Tolbert. Speed, body control, size, he's going to be a top 64 pick. Um, I-, I think he's going to be good, man. Like, Is he going to give you the longevity at the position because of his age? Think about this for a second. Christian Watson is going to be a 24-year-old rookie. By the time Jamar Chase is 24 years old, he's going into his fourth year in the NFL. Like, So you're just talking about length of time, right? Watson is old, but I think all the rumors are he's going to run sub 4-4. If he runs 4-4-2, under 4-4 at 6'4", 210 pounds, He's going to be a top 64 pick. A lot of people are comparing him to Martavius Bryant, the old Pittsburgh Steelers wide receiver out of Clemson, um, but a better receiver without the off the field issues. He's good, man. And I know you're not buying it. Some people have said that he could go off the board as like one of the top two, three receivers. Oh, come on. I'm not going that far, (laughs) 
But I am, I do believe he's going to be a top 64 pick. I think he's going to be, I don't think he's falling out of the second round of the NFL draft. Yeah, so I'm with you. And I'm curious to see what NFL teams think of Calvin Austin, because that's the guy that over the past few years could be a second round pick. You know, he's not going to go in the first round, but for whatever reason, we see teams reaching for these fast, twitchy guys in the second round. And it just hasn't really worked out the way they hoped. And I can't even think of a guy that's really worked out the way they've hoped. Like we've seen the Andy Isabellas, you know, Rondell Moore hasn't been overly impressive. Tutu Atwell was a second round pick. And you're just like, what are these teams doing when you see a lot of better defenders, running backs go in the second round? But I think you're right about Christian Watson. I think there's a chance he can go in the second round because everyone's talking about him. Like he was a guy who walked into Mobile. People, like scouts knew who he was, but the general public, I know, they'd never heard of Christian Watson before. Day one comes, he's dominating on every route. He's unstoppable in one-on-ones. He's going deep. He's running digs. He's separating. He's using his big body. And he's way faster than everyone thought he was because he'd come out of NDSU. No one knows, is he really fast? And against all these seniors, yes, you know, they're not as good as the juniors, but he's definitely still looking the part. And I'm excited to see how he looks next to some of those uh, juniors at the combine because he's going to look good. And I think he's going to make a good impression I'm curious to see where his athleticism is, but I think you're right. I think that that 4-4 range is well within the possibilities for Watson, and that could ultimately vault him very high up people's draft boards. Yeah, I don't think he's um I don't think he's a better like technician than Cooper Cup, um, but he's going to test as a better athlete, right? Oh yeah. What's crazy? What's crazy is go look at Cooper Cup's production in college. Yes. It, like literally from his freshman Insanity. season. Okay, I boosted. Okay, he's he's gonna be twenty three. All right, he's not he in twenty four, twenty five. But you, it's the the narrative is always better than the truth. Just remember that you got. You're you hoping build. for Terry McLaurin then. Terry McLaurin, yeah, I believe, yeah, is a twenty three year old rookie. Yeah, Tolbert did have the home field advantage. Um, and I saw Cody talk about Austin in the third. Yes, I, I think that's fine. Yeah. You get a Calvin Austin in the third. It's just when you're thinking of the best receiver there. You just would think that he would be a little bit. And I think if he were taller, he could probably yeah, potentially sure. be. And he still might be a day two pick in the NFL, man. He might be yeah. a third rounder, right? Um, I'm seeing a lot of people talk about Pierce. Pierce was an absolute mo- and an awesome individual, man. Like the coolest people that I met and talked to, Romeo Dubs, Damian Pierce, Jeremy Rucker, all those guys were cool dudes. Uh, the D-tackle from Georgia, Wyatt, we were chopping it up for a yeah. minute. Some of my frat brothers are, 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 are the college athletes, so we had fun. Um, but, yeah, uh, it, it, I, I, the receivers, we'll see. I'll say this. I want all the guys that weren't there. Even I want yeah. Olave, Bell, Wilson, Burks, Pickens, London, Will, Jamison Williams. I want all those guys before I touch any of the senior bowl wide receivers. Um, and, and real quick, oh, Khalil Shakur. I, I, Shakir. Yes. I thought he was good. I thought he – day one he struggled in the drills, yeah. but always creating separation – the laziest of laziest comps. He wore number 14, and he's a light-skinned brother, so he looked like Amon Ross St. Brown. But he kind of looks like Amon Ross St. Brown, right? Amon Ross, yeah. six foot 190-something. Shakir, six foot 190, I think he's 193, 197. And he was always open. I liked him out of Boise State. I thought he was smaller than what he was, so coming in at six foot 190, I'll take it, man. I thought he was really good. Um, and, and Sam Howell, a lot of people are like, why don't you like Sam Howell? I still like Sam Howe. I do. Yeah. I have him as QB4, 
Right now, I think I think maybe the end of the first, early second round, he comes off the board. He still possesses that dual threat capability. He does have a big arm. During practice, he made some great throws, and then he made some terrible throws, as did all the quarterbacks. I'm just, from what I learned and what I'm hearing, it's Willis, Corral. Like, Corral helped himself. Not being there, not doing anything. Yep. I think he helped himself, right? Sam Howe, up and down, uh, but I still like the talent, right? He's six foot, 221 pounds that can run. We'll see. Bailey Zappi, nice kid, good accuracy. He's a career backup, right? He's Chase Daniel. That That's who he is. He's, he's not, I know he threw for a thousand fucking yards a game, but he's not going to be a, a, a fantasy difference maker at the quarterback position. Um, it was just, again, my my, my big, t- nothing really changed for me as far as, um you know, players and, hold on one second. No, no, no. Some things did change because players <laughs> that I was a little lower on to see, just them performing, how they interacted. Damian Pierce, big, Damian yeah. Pierce, big time riser for me. Um, any thoughts from you, Jay, watching it? Um, one of the things I wanted to point out to you, actually, talking about Khalil Shakur, a player that he really reminds me of is actually former Boise State wide receiver Cedric Wilson. And I know the Amra St. Brown comp makes a lot of sense, but I think what he does well is more conducive to what we've seen Wilson do. I'm not talking about Wilson in the NFL. I'm talking about him in college. And you know, mm-hmm. it took him some time to really get there. But now that he's in that Dallas Cowboys offense performing well, I could see a similar type of rise. You know, Almar St. Brown was a five-star prospect. He dominated in his first year. So I wouldn't quite give Shakur that much love, but I think that in a couple years down the road, once he gets acclimated to an offense, he could definitely make a big impact. And that's where I do like him. One of the biggest plays I saw from him, I believe, was on day three when they were in the indoor facility. And he made that he made that touchdown catch in the corner from Carson Strong on yeah. a great out route. Um, he's, he's a good player. You know, I watched him play in college a little bit because I was intrigued by that offense. And I heard a lot of good things about him. And it's just going to come down to kind of what does he run? Where, where do people feel about him? He's probably, you know, a day three guy. But maybe if he gets fourth round draft capital and the team kind of likes him, he can make an impact early on a team that's devoid of wide receiver talent. So I met Cody. I met Cody and uh, Alex Dunlap from Roster Watch. Cody would have. Cody could have been a tight end out there. Cody was a big. <laughs> Cody, that, my, my white brother was a big boy. He was a wide man. Uh, in but lean though. So and like Cody said, okay, Mal- Malik was the one that elevated himself, right? And I think a lot of people were on the fence. But again, I, I, I'm just telling y'all, these guys are like, if I get him. And I get him in my city. And if Malik goes to Pittsburgh, which I don't think he's falling to Pittsburgh. I don't. If he goes yeah, to Pittsburgh, no that's going to be a good spot fantasy-wise because I know the line is bad. He's used to it. He could run around. And when you think about the quarterbacks in that division, Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson, that that dynamic, I, I think accuracy and, and all, that can be, to a certain degree, the mechanics can be coached. Your mechanics can be cleaned up and coached. Decision making, sometimes that's that's that, that you are who you are, and I don't think he's yeah. got bad decision making. I truly think, in my opinion, he's just got bad mechanics, man. He played at Liberty, and he could just do whatever at Liberty, right? He could just run around and do whatever. The technical aspect of his game can be taught, can be taught. Yeah, I don't care what he threw for, you know. And I feel you, Walt. I don't. I, I can assure you this: nobody that really evaluates him cared what any of those dudes did in the game like if it, it like they really didn't it's an all-star 
football game with lim- I can guarantee you the last thing that people are going to be evaluating is what they did in the in the game. I can guarantee yeah. you that. It's what they did Wednesday in the rain, what they did Thursday indoors, and how they performed on day one of the practices. I, I can guarantee – the stats mean nothing. If anything, the fact that he got out of the pocket and hit 20-something miles per hour running around, that's yeah. that's probably like, okay, it translated, right? Um, but ultimately, it was the senior bowl, man. I want these underclassmen. I want Corral. I want Brees Hall. I want Isaiah Spiller. I want Traylon yep. Burks and Garrett Wilson and Jamison Williams. I want those guys in fantasy. But I do think there were a lot of valuable depth pieces in, in a year in which the NFL season was just extended, and in a year where we saw top running backs going down left and right, and Deontay yeah. freaking Foreman and Craig Reynolds became fantasy viable options week to week. Khalil Herbert, people, you know, he was drafted late. Ramondre Stevenson. Some of these backs are going to matter. Damian Pierce is going to matter. You know what I mean? Yep. I'm not telling you to go draft him in the mid-second. Wait till the third round. Wait till the mid-third. Get you a Damian Pierce, man. But these... These positional players are going to matter for fantasy football purposes. And if you're if you just don't like a quarterback and you want a full fade, that's fine. But don't be shocked when a player like Malik, you look up. Let's. Let, I'm. A, I'm gonna end it with this. All if right. you were asking me who the better quarterback prospect was coming out, Jalen Hurts or Malik Willis, in my opinion, Jay, Malik Willis. Malik Willis is a better quarterback prospect than yep. Jalen Hurts. And I, I, you say all that you want, all this completion. When I look at what Jalen Hurts did at Alabama, getting replaced by Tua, and then walking into that Lincoln-Riley offense that essentially made almost three back-to-back-to-back Heisman Trophy winning quarterbacks, Malik is a better quarterback prospect than Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts doesn't have the arm strength. That, that Malik yep. Willis has, I don't believe he's as dynamic of a rusher as Malik Willis. I think he's a better prospect, and we see Jalen Hurts probably secure for another year, and then they're going to have to figure out what they're going to have to do with him long term. Um, we'll see, man. I, I, I would take Malik over a lot of quarterbacks right now and just bet that, that my coaching staff, my coordinators, my quarterback coach – can help mold him. Let's not forget Dak Prescott was a fourth-round pick coming out of Mississippi State. A lot of yep. people did not like – I rem- a lot of people were not in on Dak at Mississippi State. You go back and watch Dak at Mississippi State, it wasn't the prettiest. It, well, he wasn't always accurate. It wasn't the prettiest. But that skill set, the leadership, the ability, and the, the willingness to want to work at your craft turned him into a $75 million quarterback this year. Stranger things have happened opposed to, to a, a kid – that has all the physical tools you could ever want at the position, and Cody can attest, he's got the size to, like, he's, I know he may not have the height, but when you're talking about girth and width, and as Joe talks about those calves, Malik Willis had it, and we're going to see how how things shape up with with drafts, and understand, man, like, this is is my final piece, this was the biggest opportunity for these quarterbacks— to really differentiate themselves. And think about what's going to happen next. Combine, Pro Day, both of which the players can sort of control the narrative around what they do. The only sort of even playing field where all the variables were kind of unique for all these quarterbacks were the Senior Bowl, and they were all there. So all the scouts, all the GMs, all the coaches got to see 
the top five, six guys competing side by side, throw for throw. The only thing that's going to happen for Malik Willis moving forward is his stock is going to go up because he's going to yep. run fast at the combine. We already know he's 220. His pro day, all of those throws are are controlled environment, scripted. He's going to know every pass, every throw. He's going to do that thing where he rolls out and throws it 80 yards down the field. Everything that happens from this point forward, the thing that would have killed him is if he would have went out there and looked inferior to those guys. He walked away from yep. Mobile as the consensus best quarterback there, and he's going to just continue to build and build and build. He's going to be a first-round pick, quite possibly the first quarterback off the board. Again, if you don't want him, don't, don't take him. But I'll just say this. This generational 2021 quarterback class, they still got a lot to prove. The all-great Trevor Lawrence and the awesome Justin Fields and Zach Wilson and Trey Lance. You know who made the Pro Bowl? Mac Daddy Jones. There's your Pro Bowl quarterback from the generational 2021 class. So while we continue to shit on the QBs in 2022, and while even I admit I prefer those 2021 guys over them, they still got a lot to prove because none of them are locked and loaded as a sure thing. And moving, going through that process, there was no doubt all those guys were generational franchise quarterbacks, hence the reason Trevor Lawrence was going top 10 in dynasty startup drafts, which if we redid that right now, I'm pretty sure that ain't the case now. So let's just, let's just let it play out and give these guys a couple of years before we write the book, close the chapter, throw away the key on all of these guys. But we are back. I'm happy that y'all joined us. We got a mock draft tomorrow. We did a mock yesterday. Super flex. Sleepers got it in there. So all the ADP is jacked up. So if you want the accurate ADP, patreon.com forward slash prospect talk. We'll get into the first round of that. We'll answer. I know there's a lot of questions and I promise you Wednesday we're going to get to them. Submit them because I really want to hear the feedback. I want y'all questions. Let us know what you're thinking. Um, all of this, guys. And there goes Walt. That's what you want. You want Walt wants a good old <laughs> statue, good old-fashioned statute quarterback that could just at the end of the day, you got to be able to deliver the ball accurately. I feel that. You know what I'm yep. saying? He is very, very accurate. And you get Mac Jones some weapons around him. Uh, you're looking at a 15-year starter in the NFL. So uh, appreciate y'all tapping in. Jay, anything else you got for the people? Subscribe to the newsletter. We got some big yeah, news coming. We got some best ball big news coming real soon. We just gotta next week. Just gotta button up all that stuff. But big news coming from uh, from the best ball area. We appreciate y'all tapping in, Jay. Anything else before I get up out of here? Nah, man, that's it. R rookie mock draft 6.0. First round tomorrow. Q and A Wednesday. Second round on Thursday, and we'll have a big discussion about one senior bowl wide receiver. All right, let's get out of here. We love y'all. We'll see y'all tomorrow. We out. Peace. Thank you